Finances can be complicated, but they don't have to be. I break down financial topics that may seem complex and overwhelming so you can start taking action on your financial goals. I'm Ari Talbot, and it all starts here on Personal Finance Redefined. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, and today's episode, uh, we're just going to hop right in because I've been getting a ton of listener questions, and it's really fun for me, so thank you. Keep submitting those. Uh, once again, that's at personalfinanceredefined.co, and once again, well, let's hop right in. So today's episode, ordinary income and capital gains, two terms you may have heard of, two terms you may not have heard of. Um, either way, uh, I'm going to break them down and really help you understand um, how to maximize your money from a tax perspective. So my goal is to have you quickly and easily understand more about how money works. So remember, the goal is not to invest or make money or save money for the sake of it, um, but for a reason. And that reason is different for everyone. It may be financial independence. It may be having funds available for a down payment on a new home. Uh, whatever it is, it's about using your money wisely so you can get to that goal. So today's episode is about ordinary income. Now, Ari, what does that even mean? Well, as you know, the financial world wants to make everything as human, as complicated as humanly possible and use fancy words to confuse people. So I don't like that. So what ordinary income is, is just more income. What do you mean, Ari? Well, in terms of using an example in the financial world, if you had a stock that you purchased for $100, and it went up to $150, well, that's $50 of growth. Now, that $50 of growth, that's what you have to pay taxes on. Now, if you've heard me talk about it in other episodes, that's not the case in Roth IRAs, some of these other retirement accounts that I talk about often. But taking this very, very basic example, we want to understand that my stock that I bought for $100 and went to $150, that $50 of gains, how is that taxed? I want to understand that. So how much do you have to pay in taxes on the $50? Well, here's how. In the U.S., we have two tax brackets. We have what's called the marginal tax rate system, which means you're taxed more heavily on the more dollars that you earn. And so whether you're Warren Buffett or Ari Taubleib, we both pay the same amount on the first dollars that we make up to a certain percentage. Only above a certain threshold will Warren start to pay more than Ari. So let's go back to the example. I don't like referring myself in the third party. Okay, so back to the example. The $50 of gains it went from 100 to 150 That $50 of growth, that can also be known as capital gains. So the $50 of gains, that has to be taxed, unless, of course, it's in a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. But in general, that's going to be taxed when you take the money out. So what does that mean for you? Well, let's say you inherited a bunch of stock and you want to sell it. It's going to be taxed differently dependent on how long you've held it. So if you've held a stock for less than a year, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income, which is just another fancy word for saying it's going to be taxed as if you made more money. So for example, if you sell a stock for $100,000, the government, and let's say that's all growth, so you bought a stock and went up $100,000, amazing. Well, the government is going to view that as if you made additional $100,000 of income. Once again, this is if you bought a stock and you sold it within 12 months. The government's looking at that saying, great, or you made more money. Well, we're going to tax you as if you just made more money. Now, in the financial world, this is what's known as 
short-term capital gains, which means you sell a stock you've had for less than a year, so therefore you have to pay tax as if you just made more money. Which, once again, that's the the financial way of thinking about it is ordinary income, short-term capital gains, same thing. Now, what's different? If you hold a stock for over a year, the government's saying, well, we're not going to tax you as if you just made more money because you held it for a year. So now we're going to give you a more advantageous, a better tax rate. You are now subject to what's known as the long-term capital gains tax rates. This is the second set of tax rates that we have here in the United States, and these are taxed at more preferential rates. Let's look at that same example as before. Let's say you buy Apple stock for $100, and it goes up to $150, and you owe $50 of that growth. Well, you have to pay taxes on it. If you go to sell this stock and you've held it for over a year, you will receive long-term capital gains tax preferential. What that means is depending on if you're single or you, you file married, filing jointly, the numbers are different, but let's just say you're single. Well, if you make up to $40,400, you can sell stock, which means you can realize gains and pay nothing in taxes. So it would be 0% that you're taxed on. If your income is between 40400 and 445850 in the year you sell the stock, which is most people, you're taxed at the 15% rate. So back to the example, $100, you buy a stock, it goes up to $150, that $50 of gains, well, you're going to be taxed at the 15% rate. So what does all of this mean that you should do? It means that, first of all, you should have a plan in place so you can understandably sell when it makes most sense based off of various reasons. For example, it could be a tax reason. It could, it could be a time of the year that you like to sell, whether it be when it's most convenient for you based on your situation and your goals, but ultimately it should be based on your strategy. You want to make sure you're not paying a dime more in taxes than you need to be. All in all, if you're able to hold a security, which is just a fancy word for a stock, for over a year, you receive preferential tax treatment, and depending on your income, you might be able to realize gains at 0%. That's right, you might be able to realize gains and pay nothing in taxes depending on your income. So you could hypothetically sell stock up to a certain threshold intentionally and then buy back into a similar position to maintain your asset allocation, which is more fancy words for portfolio for your goals. That could save you tens of not thousands, hundreds of thousands in taxes and still be invested and allocated in what's best for your goals. So that's the work I do for clients. That's the work I love doing. If you have any questions about what that really looks like, how do I put a plan together? How do I know when to invest? How do I know when to, to really make sure I'm viewing my taxes correctly? Well, that's the work that I love doing. And if you just have a question, keep submitting them. I love getting them. That's how today's episode came about. And that's how I hope to keep answering these questions. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know if there's anything in particular you would like me to discuss by submitting a question at personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Quick disclaimer here. Please be smart about this, and before taking any action, consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It's for informational purposes only.